You are listening to Politically Entertaining, your Cliff's Notes to American Politics. And now your host, Frank and and Byron. Another episode of Politically Entertaining. I'm Frank here with Byron, and we're excited to be here again. Got a lot of exciting news and topics to get to. But before we get started with the show, Byron, let the listeners know why they should be tuning in to Politically Entertaining every week. You know why, man? Because we bring you news and topics that you definitely need to hear. Frank and I was discussing right before we came on air. You know, we just been discussing things that we've watched coming to fruition from Senator Scott being on here talking about his investment opportunities and hearing T.I. talk about it on that revolt summit that we spoke on. It's just been cool to have certain guests on this show talk about certain things. And then a few months later, or maybe even a year, you see it actually turn into law or become a policy or something like that, man. So, you know, it's just cool, man. You and I, this one little show doing some big things. So that's why we definitely tell you, subscribe. We all over the place from Podbean, Anchor now to uh, Google Play, iTunes. We're everywhere. So subscribe, tell a friend, share the show. Frank and I are considering this. I guess you can call it somewhat a special episode. Um we usually have several topics that we're going to go over, but we got one main topic that we wanted to discuss. We actually were going to have this week off. But as you know, last week we had the uh, the verdict of Amber Geiger and Frank hit me up and, it you know, it was something on his mind and his heart. And so we're here to just give you our take on it before we get into that, because we got a lot to say on that. Just real quick, Frank, because I always like to profess that we're not going to dwell on Trump, on Trump, on Trump. I'm sorry about that, folks. On Trump. We're not going to dwell on him because he's highly covered between him tweeting about himself and all three of the major networks continuously talking about him nonstop. Frank and I try to give you a break from it, but every now and then something so major that we got to at least say a word or two on it. And we kind of briefly spoke about the impeachment proceedings on the last episode. So to bring everyone up to speed, the Cliff Notes version, I guess you can say, Frank, is Trump was on the phone with the Ukraine. I don't know if he's called the president or whatever, the leader of Ukraine. And basically, the House is investigating him for pretty much asking the Ukraine government, the Chinese government, to investigate Hunter Biden, who is Joe Biden's son. And they wanted him to investigate Joe Biden as well over this company called CrowdStrike. They want them to find some type of illegal doing. Now, to the average citizen, that may not sound like a big a big deal. It's like, okay, the president want to see if somebody's doing something illegal. The thing is, Joe Biden is a potential opponent for Trump in the 2020 election. That is highly illegal. It's so illegal that Trump's own chairman of the FEC has come out and reiterated that this is illegal. You can't accept anything of value, nor can you even ask for anything of value. And on the last show, I blatantly said, look, I don't want Trump impeached. It'll make a martyr of him. I got to tell you, Frank, this last week, if he's going to just publicly just flaunt it in our face and, and just with all the cameras running saying, hey, China, I want you to like that's illegal. That is illegal. It's it's no way around it. If he's going to do it like that, then damn it, go on and impeach his ass if that's what he want to do. 
Have your thoughts changed on how this administration is now just, it's like they're not even hiding anymore. Or do you still feel like what I said last week, he shouldn't be impeached because we know the Senate won't remove him from office. So it'd be a big waste of time. What's your, what's your thoughts on it, man? Oh, I think like, like you said, we don't want to get, we don't, we don't want to get derailed on this. So I'm going to make sure I stay on a straight and narrow with this. I feel like this, I feel like if, if in this case, like if, if we see that he's doing something that's this illegal, where we know he's talking to a, basically a foreign power asking for help, which is basically what he was accused of in the last election. I think, I think you have to act because now it becomes a thing of where, you know, the Mueller report did, have some evidence of this. It didn't, it didn't necessarily put the stamp on it, but we know now where there's smoke, there's fire. So we know that it looks like he has a pattern of this possibly, right? So I think that it has to be shut down because otherwise you can have another president think they can do the same thing. And he's not even, like you said, he's not even being slick about it. It's like, what if a president, if he, if he gets away with it and he just like, say, just goes to general election and just loses, that's a very bad precedent because then you can have someone else coming in who has much more uh, much more, how would you say, um, covert way of doing things and, and doing things in a, in a much worse way. It's like he's very arrogant and brash, so he's kind of out there doing it, you know. So I just think that for the, for the sanctity of, as we talked about last, uh, a couple episodes or last episode on about democracy, you have got to move ahead with the impeachment proceedings and really it can't be about party. It's got to be about country, right? Like this cannot be a thing where we're so divided that we think it's okay because, oh, yeah, we don't like Joe Biden and we're not worried about him being the president. So we, we'd be okay with the, the current administration. If you, even if you voted for Trump, you have to – I, I guess what I'm saying is I just feel like now we're getting to a point people who voted for Trump just don't even care about democracy or the law. They just care about Trump and winning like it's a football game. Like, hey, if, if it's a penalty against your team – and they don't call it, it's all good, but if it's not a penalty, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think when you watch sports, I think that's that's okay. You can live like that because of sports. But when you're talking about national security and politics, we're going to have to really come back to center and say, right is right and wrong is wrong. Otherwise, everything is going to be corrupted, um, and, and you're not going to have any leg to stand on, on either side going forward. So I really hope that they move forward with the proceedings if they are able to corroborate all this stuff that has happened, which looks like it is. So I, I, I'd, I'd be in favor of moving forward with the impeachment proceedings based on if, if in fact, he is soliciting foreign powers directly for help in, in an election campaign. That just cannot happen. A second whistleblower is considering coming forward. There's evidence that his administration has withheld aid from Ukraine until they just, until they do what he wants them to do. He canceled the vice president's trip there. Um, like I say, it's it's unbelievable at times. It really is unbelievable. And we'll see what happens. My opinion is slowly changing, though, because up until this I took my stance on no impeachment because, you know, it was a lot of like accusations on the part of the Democrats. Well, we think he did this. He's probably more than likely guilty of this, but there was no smoking gun. But now if you're going to come before TV cameras and just blatantly say, yeah, I want these governments to investigate, then you got to do what you got to do. Moving on, moving on. So the trial that had social media and the media in general talking last week 
was the trial of Amber Geiger. Now, I know most of you know what's going on with that trial and what happened. But Frank and I, we we do this show for those that with, we, we do it with people in mind that they may not watch news at all. So we come from a point of view of we're going to assume that you don't watch the news at all. So I'm going to give you a quick a quick recap. So both in John uh, of Dallas, Texas, was in his own apartment. He was in his living room watching TV. I believe he had the lights off in there, watching TV, eating ice cream, minding his business. I guess he left his door open or unlocked. Amber Geiger, who is a uh, was a Dallas police officer, she gets off of work. She comes to what she think is her home. She walks into the wrong apartment, sees Bolton and shoots and kills him. And that's pretty much the gist of what happened. She was last week found guilty. She was found guilty of murder and was sentenced to 10 years. Now, the thing that had everyone talking, two things, actually, the amount of years she received, only 10 years, people were upset about that. And the brother, you know, saying that he forgave her and coming down and hugging her. So that seemed to spark a lot of reaction out of people. My take on it, I have no problem with how uh, his name is Brent. Brent John was the brother of uh, both and John. And I have no problem with how he chooses to mourn or, you know, forgive or how he chooses to deal. That was his brother. He has every right. I'm in no position to tell that brother how to mourn. I disagree with the people that are calling him a Tom and a Coon and all these different names and saying that we're too forgiving, which on that part, the too forgiving part, I do agree somewhat on that. I'll get to that in a second. What I did have a problem with, Frank, was the judge who also came off her bench and gave Amber a hug, along with the bailiff comforting her and stroking her hair. Now, when we decided to do this show, I had the assumption. I said, you know, Frank is a very, very religious guy compared to me, very much more religious than I am. So this may be one of our few disagreements. And I can't wait to get your take on this because we haven't discussed this before the show. I had I took issue with the judge coming down, hugging Amber. I feel like a position like a judge, it sends the wrong message. You can't have any type of misunderstanding of um, favoritism, especially in a position like that as a judge. And I just felt like that was very unprofessional, in my opinion, had nothing to do with being too forgiving in that instance. I just thought it was way too much empathy and sympathy for her. The baby, like I said, stroking her hair and just comforting her and stuff like that. So I want to get your thoughts. I got a lot more to say, but I want to stop right there and just get your thoughts on the brother's forgiveness and the judge coming down to hug uh, Amber Geiger. There's a lot there and and I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't even know, I don't even know how to, let, let me just start with the brother, Frank, because that's been the biggest, I think that's one of the biggest things. Let's start with, let's start where we actually do agree, which is as the, and one of the things I've seen and heard is, you know, the brother and, you know, being too forgiving and a couple of things. One is, you know, everybody who listens to the show, we know, you know, we know how I stand. Byron said, you know, Carl said I'm religious. I actually like to take it as, um, I'm more kingdom focused, right? I don't really actually believe in religion as much as I believe in, you know, God, Jesus, um, the Holy Spirit, the, the, the Holy Trinity, so to speak, and the kingdom of God and how that works. And I won't really get into that right now because I don't want to tangent that. But what I'm saying is 
I truly believe that if you say you're a Christian and you and you want to be in, in the faith and, and profess Christ, then you have to do what Brant did. Now, that is not easy. I'm not saying that I'm even I even I was like had to think like, man, OK, what is the charge that we have as Christians? Do we really have that charge to forgive at that level? And the answer is yes, absolutely. Even 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 as uncomfortable as it was. So that to me showed a great heart you know just because just just as the bible says in romans 5 8 just as when you know when we were at sinners christ died for us we have to show the same forgiveness to all people the same way we were forgiven in christ it it, it doesn't get to be exceptions um I, and, and i do understand the other side of it which is i i am black so i do understand man i was like man i hope she gets i did hope you know at one point i was like man i hope she gets 99 years because i was like because what i was unfairly doing not saying unfairly doing to her but what i was unfairly doing was putting every not convicted person on her like i was putting you know philando castillo uh trayvon martin tamir rice uh alton sterling terrence crutcher um, the list just continues. I was putting all of that yeah. in this case. So I was like, man, she got to get convicted. And, and, and it's like it still wouldn't have made it all right. And, and so when we think about God being merciful, you also got to turn on the other side and say he can be merciful to Amber, Amber Geiger. And people are not going to say I want to hear that. And I'm not saying that she's not guilty of murder. And she is. But what I'm saying is we can't. We can't pick and choose how God is merciful and how he's and, and, what, and if he's true, if we, we truly believe in Christ and the justice he provides, and we believe everything eternally is going to be how we expect. We cannot quibble over things like this, especially when this man decided on his own. His parents didn't even back him up, too, which is another interesting topic that I, I want to touch on, which is his parents did not support him. Oh, he, yes. He did this on his own. And so he truly showed the heart of Christ. And, and what I'll say is. Christ and the world don't go together. So there's going to be people that listen to this and say, oh, he, you know, here goes Frank Turner, another one of them slave God Negroes, and, you know, this and that. And, I, and, I, and I'm, a, I'm going to bark back against you because, you know what? The Council of Nicaea was not where they invented Jesus Christ. The Council of Nicaea is where they con they confronted Aries, who had a sect who was saying Christ was not the Son of God. That's what that was. But I'm not neither here nor there for that. But what I'm saying is this. You're not going to be able to please the world and then also follow Christ. So I think you're seeing a, a dividing line where this man, Brant Jean, and he is a man, decided that he was going to take up the what what he believed in and put it against anything that his parents or anybody else said. And he said, this is how I feel. And it reminds me of the, of the Bible in John chapter 9, where the man who was born blind, he was healed on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees, of course, tried to confront him. And they and, and they tried to ask his parents, hey, was your son born blind? And the parents, because they were afraid of the Pharisees and been excommunicated because Jesus, Jesus, you know, doing miracles on the Sabbath. They were like, he's of age asking himself. So it's like I felt like the parents were distancing themselves from their son because it's like they didn't have the heart of Christ in them. But their son did. That's really all it is, because it's not like you say, well, it's your back of their son. Well, I mean, like they said, they didn't feel that same way because why? And I and, and I get it. They, they may come around to that point. But what I'm saying is. Right now, Brant Jean is in the right place, and he gave us a marker for how to get to forgiveness. There's a lot of us who can't forgive people for much less than what Amber Geiger did. Amber Geiger did something pretty, pretty damn bad. Let's be real. He, she killed his brother in cold blood for no reason. And, and so to me, rather than criticizing Brant Jean, we should be looking at ourselves and say, well, who have we not forgiven? Who who is who is the person who says some bad about us on social media? And now we don't talk to them. You need to go back and I challenge anybody listening to this in the sound of my voice to go and look in your life and and forgive somebody 
who you think you couldn't forgive and to go make that step, especially if you profess Christ. Now, if you don't, then you don't. I'm not here for that. But what the point is, even if you don't, I'm saying it's not healthy for you to hold on to that. And I think the main thing is Brant Jean can now live his life and move forward knowing he's not carrying that bitter pill. That's a lot to carry with him, right? Like if he if he's like, man, I hope she. So I'm I'm proud of him. I'm proud of the example he showed because he's a man who's half my age. I'm 37 years old. And I say, man, I look up to him. I look up to him of what he did. And that's something that I want. I want to be like Brant Jean um, because he showed the true heart of Christ. And I'm proud to to be a brother with him in Christ. So I, I, I appreciate what he did. And, and, and I and I um, and, and I, I am I am thoroughly impressed with his um, with his actions. And I have no criticism of, of him. Um, I know that you asked about the judge and the bailiff, the bailiff. I actually didn't even know that was a thing. Him stroking the hair. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that as a, as just a stalemate. Like I don't know why what's going on with that. Um, the judge, right. the judge is interesting from this standpoint. To me, the judge, yeah. the judge. I I I don't actually disagree with what you're saying as far as her position, but posture and position are two different things. And so, I think that's when you have to look at. Okay, we're talking about Christ again, right? We're saying. I'm also now taking the liberty of assuming the judge is a Christian. So even in her position as judge, she shows mercy. She shows even more. She 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 shows mercy because at first when he was like, "Can I hug her?" She was kind of like, ah. she didn't say yeah right away. She had to think about that. And then as she saw the embrace, the spirit of God entered her, and she was like, "Man, I got what? What can I do?" Because this is still an opportunity where even though. Everything looks like it looks, and, and you can say what you want to say about black people and us forgiving. Let me tell you something. There is no color in the kingdom. And and and, and I say that not as and, – and I, and, and I know some people are going to say, oh, there you go again, tap dancing for the white man. I, I'm not. I, I'm also saying that as white people, if you're listening to this, you have a different role in the kingdom of God too. Our race doesn't change our position in the kingdom, but it but, but it changes our um, what we have to do while we're on earth. So we need white people – who have the understanding of Tim Wise, but the heart of Christ. You know what I'm saying? That's what that's your position. That's what you need to be in. You don't need to be on this. Like well, that. everything is okay. And it's going to be okay eternally. No, you need to come here. Use your power. Use your position. Use your privilege to make things as good as you can on earth while you're here. That is your charge while you're in Christ and being white in America. Okay? That is your charge. You cannot bring Brant John on Fox News and parade him around as a forgiving nigger. That is not correct, okay? So I, wa I want to get that completely clear. And then as black people, we got to, if we are in Christ and we do believe in Christ, we can't put our identity above above forgiveness and doing what we need to do, even in the face of, of wrong injustices. And so it has to be an understanding of we have to, we're, we're working towards something together. Instead, it's always been this dividing line. Well, where white people have been able to wash their hands, been like, well, you know, it's not really our problem. You know, I, I didn't really own slaves. I'm not a racist. I have black friends. You have to do more. You're in a different position and you will be judged on that. And, and I am dead serious when I say that. And I say your position matters. God has put everybody in a position for a reason. Black people have a different role on earth in the, in, in, as, as far as doing the kingdom because of our race and our position and where we've been put. And white people have a different role too, but we can work together and understand these roles are together part of bringing about the full religion of the kingdom of God mm -hmm. and not working against each other for talking points uh, either on Fox News or on CNN or whatever political point is. So I just wanted to say that... Um, 
you know, there there's a lot to be understood and learned. And let's not let's not lose the thread on the black side of, of thinking we're cooning. And then let's not go on the white side and think it's OK. Yes, we can just forgive and move on because Jesus makes everything right. No, you got to make things right now as much as you can. And so I really hope that this sparks some understanding and, and, and some people really diving into this topic and this understanding of who Christ is. And I'm dead serious on that. Like, we don't need to play around anymore. Jesus was, Jesus is the son of God, right? And so I know people are like, ah, oh, is he a prophet? Is he this? He's like, he is, right? Because the thing is, here's a crazy, crazy thing. I'm, I'm just going to go all in because I, I'm doing this. Jesus is actually mentioned in the Quran more times than Muhammad. He actually is born of a virgin. Um, in the Quran, and Mary is the only woman mentioned in the Quran. He does all these miracles, yet they're like, wait, he didn't really die on the cross. It was Judas. That don't even make no sense, you know. So I'm just, I, I'm just going in to say that we have a huge problem here with who Christ is. And so then, when you think about the problem we have with who Christ is, and then you have a problem with Brant, that's what your problem is. You have a problem with who Christ is because you can't accept that he took everything on himself and did that forgiveness. And then when we say we accept him, we have to display the same thing. So Brant Jean, Brant John, excuse me, man, what a heart of Christ, what a man. And everybody else needs to step up their game, white, black, and other. Your your socioeconomic position is, is where you're supposed to be working for the kingdom. If you're a white person listening to this, you need to use your privilege and start realizing, man, where can I come in and, and really, really use my, 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 my power to make a difference for those other ones. And if you're black, you need to, you need to understand that while there are some injustice things happening, there, there is much grace that you have been given and you still need to be forgiving. And it's a hand in hand thing. It's not an either or it's, it's both. So I just, I hope I didn't derail and hope I answered your questions, but I just really wanted to say that. I, and, I, and I'm hopeful that it, I didn't, um, you know, cross myself up or anything like that. So I hope I hope I ended my thread properly. What Brent John did was very, very brave. Because like you pointed out, uh his parents were against what he had to say. They they're not as quite as forgiving as he is. So I thought it was very brave what he did. Whether you agree or not again, that was his brother. It wasn't any of our brothers. And like I said in my answer, you know, However he chooses to mourn is however he chooses to mourn. And I think a lot of our anger and our feelings on this whole sentencing and everything, I think it comes from our assumption of intent. And most of us are assuming, because if you look at the details, you say to yourself, okay, how in the world did you walk into the wrong apartment? Once you walked into the wrong apartment, how in the world did you not know that, hey, I'm in the wrong apartment? There's no way he had the same furniture and, and everything was arranged the same. And then you say, OK, you walk in an apartment, you see a guy sitting down eating ice cream. What where is the threat? Like, OK, like even if you still think that's your apartment, you know, police officers, you, you pull your gun out. Yes, but you don't put your finger on that trigger till you see a daily threat. Sitting down eating ice cream, I can't think of any type of threat whatsoever. In fact, one of the positions officers get you to get in so that they feel safe is for you to sit down. So he was already in that position. And so you you look at all the totality of that and you feel like, OK, there's no way this was an accident. She meant to kill this person. And that's why so many of us wanted her to get to 25 years or like you said, 99 years. But if you really look at it, it's really on par with what other police officers 
And there's been a very few that have even gotten convicted because most of them just get suspended for a few days and then they're back on the job. But you look at the guy that killed Laquan McDonald in Chicago. He only got seven years. The uh, the Muslim officer in Minnesota who was in his car and the white lady ran into his car, scared him. He feared for his life. He got 12 years. So what Amber got is pretty much on par, despite the fact of us wanting her to get tw 25 years or more. And that's because, like I say, most of us feel like the intent was there to kill both of them. But what if it was a, a true, a, as hard as it is for us to believe, what if it was really, truly a mistake? And so I think that's where some of the compassion can come in. I don't know how true this is, Frank, but I was told that this is an election year and that judge is coming up for election and her hugging Amber may have been trying to play to the votes. Don't know how true that is. So that's not coming for me. That's just I'm, 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 I'm going to be I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to rebut that from this standpoint. She did not you feel like it was genuine. She because 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 there's no way if, if Brent, if Brent, John or is it Brent, Gina, Brent, John, I don't want to be saying his name wrong. Brent. Brent, uh, is it? Brent John. Brent John. Okay. Sorry. Um, so like I said, I think if he hadn't done that, she wasn't going to come off the stand. It wasn't like she was like in waiting in the wings. She left and got a Bible from what I, from what I understand. So it wasn't like she was like, she, did. she wasn't like waiting and was like, okay, I'm gonna give her a Bible. She was genuinely moved and touched. I don't believe it might be. An, I do believe this. If it isn't, if this, it is an election year, but I don't think she did that to get any votes because that was true. She truly was because she couldn't have faked that. Like it just wouldn't have been possible for her to have been genuine and go and get that Bible because I'm gonna just tell you like this: if you if you truly, when you believe in Christ, when you, and you can be convicted, it's, it's something called conviction that happens in you. And I was convicted too. I I had a tear in my eye when I watched that video because man, when I heard she just got ten years, I was actually mad. I was my my, my first mm -hmm. thought was my truth. This is true. I'm being keeping it real. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna keep it all the way real. I was like, man, this is bull. You know, like, you know, she only got ten years, and and so I just kind of was sick. And then my wife called me true story and then it said and told me what happened and my wife actually was like man you know he did that and I was like man yeah and then I had to really really think and then God hit me and was like he did what he he did what was right and and the judge saw that and also followed suit as well so it wasn't just I, I think that it was the the Holy Spirit came in and invaded that courtroom and and everybody who had that in them they they felt that and they felt what the true forgiveness was and that's what we have that's why we are hopeful for a future eternally with christ because we have that forgiveness because then we know what that feels like that's what it feels like to be forgiven of something you have no business being forgiven of like you said the evidence stacked up against you looks awful you know it, it, mm -hmm. it, it and all that but that's the thing when you when you go back and read Romans 5, 8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That means that while we had no inclination to be coming out of our sin, we were given forgiveness. That is what Brant John showed. And I think that is what we have to show. And that and that's and that and this and this is and this ever since this election has happened, I've just felt this in my spirit that the, this is a dividing line in the world. There's the, there's been a long time where people have been able to put put they use analogy put feet in two canoes and so you have these right-wing christians who who are no who are not christians because they've supported trump all the way and they've showed you who they are and showed you who their heart is they've they've gone all in with trump at first it was like okay you know maybe he's you know this and that but now they've seen how dirty he is and they still 
They 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 love the power and the acceptance of the world more than more than they love Christ. And Brant Jean Brant John was willing to give up everything. He had nothing to gain really by doing that. People are criticizing him. His parents are saying we don't agree with it. What did he really gain? Like he did that because that was in his spirit. That's what people don't understand. Like he didn't do it to get a book deal. He didn't do it for a movie. He did that from his heart. He's a young man, 18. That is a boy. You think about people like we talked about Michael Moore and and um you know things like that on the show, guys, young guys like that. For somebody to have that kind of maturity and that kind of understanding of the gospel. God, I mean, that's amazing. And so, like I said, I, I I totally rebut the idea that she's doing that for being reelected. I mean, if it helps her, right, then it helps her. I can't, I, I'm not going to argue and say whether or not it helps her. But what I'm saying is she did not come into that case expecting to be hugging Amber Geiger. I am pretty certain that she was not sad that Amber Geiger was guilty and she would have been okay with her getting 99 years. Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of black people felt that way. And so to me, I felt that same way. And it wasn't until I saw and read what, what Brand Jean said that I actually had my spirit pricked. And I was like, ooh, I need, I need, I need to, I need to, um, take a look at where I'm at with that. So definitely rebut that. I get it though, because you look at, um, you know, when we talk, we've been talking a lot about forgiveness and you look at, you know, what happened to the, uh, the nine people that were in Bible study in South Carolina and Dylan Roof. Uh, killed. And one of the first things the judges said when he appeared, when Dylan Roof appeared before the court was, you know, I think we need to remember that this young man's family is hurting as well and we need to forgive them. And it, it just, you know, it just really brought out a lot of anger. And See, I think and, 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 a lot and, of people and, felt the same way feel, with this I, too. I feel, I feel like this, that is totally different. I felt like that was a white kind of supremacy christian kind of weird thing that was going on there and i know I'm, we're just going in right there's this this i don't even yeah. know where it's going but what i'm saying is that to me was a man who was using white privilege to be like well you know you know this he's, he was looking at him through uh you know a white guy looking identifying with a white guy saying oh well you know using his privilege to say oh you know it's 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 a bad thing that, that you know he should be you know at, at, having mercy too and i think that is true but it's not your job as a judge to lead that see that's the difference is Brant John led that charge. The judge didn't come out and say, I'm gonna give Amber Geiger a Bible. And to me, it's totally different the way it's set up. The judge to me was, was feeling a certain tension in his spirit. And he reacted in, in, the, in to me, the unchristlike way, which is he, he didn't accept the fact that, that Dylan Roof did a horrible thing, was treated very well by being taken to Burger King. And if people were mad yes. and wanted him to die, he cold blooded murder. I mean, let's, let's be real too. Whether or not you feel about Amber Geiger, Amber Geiger, I mean, whether or not you agree with it or not, she could have reasonably accidentally killed both of them, John. Like, it's still much more plausible. Dylan Roof went cold blood murder nine people in Bible study. Like, at least there was the idea that potentially Amber Geiger may have gone to the apartment. She was, she was, she was in her apartment complex, wrong floor, and she did everything wrong. But what I'm saying is, it wasn't as crazy as her going into a church and killing people. Like, Dylan Roof was a, a, a cold blooded SOB who didn't really He's show an any, who didn't show any mercy. Yeah. Who I don't believe needed to have any mercy. Like I don't know that there was any part of his character that I felt like you know I identify with. Like I mean there is something to potentially what happened to Amber Geiger. I'm not saying that she's not guilty. I'm not saying I agree with. I, but what I'm saying is let's not confuse Dylan Roof with Amber Geiger. Like I don't I just don't think they're the same people. I know they both killed black people, but I just don't feel like it's the same thing. And even if you take into account some of her texts, which are, are, are which I thought were terrible and, and totally misguided, yeah. I still don't think she's at the level of Dylan Roof. So 
the idea that the judge was standing up for Dylan Roof to me was just disgusting because it's like this guy is an animal. He's a murderer. OK. And to me, the judge never said anything about how to treat Amber Geiger or what to say to her. She did that on her own at the at the 11th hour after seeing what Brant did. So I don't think they're the same things at all. I, I, I push back on that heavily and I don't I don't like when people are 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 conflating those things like that. This is the this is the most unique situation. This 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 Botham Gene case isn't unlike anything else I've ever seen. This isn't like anything else. Something else people were doing too is they were confusing the fact that, you know, Amber only got ten years and the judge giving her a hug and saying and putting the two together saying, see, she took it easy on her and she hugged her. You know, our brother Quinn, Quinn Brooker, who's been on this show a couple of times, told us, I think on his first appearance, that, you know, judges in Texas, they don't choose the sentencing. The jury does. So it was the jury that gave Amber Geiger these 10 years, not the judge. And this coming from someone who disagrees with what the judge did in hugging Amber Geiger, you can't put those two things together and say, see, she only gave her 10 years. That's why she was hugging it, because she knew she looked out for it. That's not true at all. It's the jury that decides how much uh, Amber got. I just thought, I just feel like, you know, I, I have, I don't have a problem with a lot of what you said as far as, you know, Christ touching her and wanting her to do that. I just felt like, you know, in her position as a judge who's supposed to be, you know, represent our justice and be impartial, I did feel like it was a little unprofessional and going, going forward, it's going to be interesting to me to see what other cases come before her and how everything is conducted in a courtroom and if it'll be more scrutinized because of the hug. But I want to say one last thing, too. There are a lot of people calling, you know, uh, black people being too forgiveness is and being too forgiving is an illness that is lingering from the days of slavery. I don't. OK, listen, I don't I don't know about all that. It's not an illness. OK, it is it is a very tough strong, brave thing to do to forgive somebody. And, you know, like I said at the top of the uh, section, what Brant did was very, very brave. And like you said, I, at first you are angry, but like I say, man, it was his brother and he has every right to do that. So I, I cannot be mad at it. I disagree with the whole illness thing. One last question I have for you, because I know we spoke on this at length. You know, with her getting 10 years and I mentioned a couple of the other cases where the cop got like 12 years or seven years. Do you think we're moving in the right direction with holding police officers accountable for shooting unarmed, specifically black males, but shooting unarmed citizens, period? Are we holding police more accountable? Or do you think this was just such a unique case? that is not going to trend in any direction one way or the other. Uh, that I think that I think that the idea that this is a, a landmark for for justice on this earth, I don't I don't think so, because you have to change the hearts of people um, in, in such a way that this would be a thing. I think one of the things that somebody pointed out was an article, I don't know if it was like on um, I can't remember what site it was on. Basically, they talked about the diversity of the jury pool. You had seven non-black excuse me, non-white jurors on the jury pool. And so to me, that's a huge thing is your diversity in your jury pool. Because if you got 12 white jurors, then especially if you have, say, 12 white male jurors, 
um, not say that you would have that in this case, but they're going to think a certain way and, and they're going to have a certain mindset on policing and, and, and the implicit biases. So I think that you, without, without consistently having diverse jury pools, you're going to continue to have frustrating outcomes in these verdicts. I'm not, I'm not, um, I, I, you know, I don't want to bend everything I said about Christ and all those things. I don't want people to think I'm a fool. I, I think sometimes people get, get it confused when people think about, think about Christ and think you're like naive. It's like, no, I'm very, very understanding that this was still a case that was dynamic and only allowed to happen by a certain number of factors coming into play. So I don't think that this is any barometer for what's going to happen going forward. I think you could see some more convictions. I think you could see some also some other frustrating non convictions. Or, or non-charges or whatever you want to look at. So I think that there is a mix of, of, of that still still to come. But this example was something to be looked at beyond the police brutality. It was, it was beyond something that we're dealing with, which is still an issue, right? Like, it's still a huge issue. And so just because Brand John showed forgiveness, like, we're not, like, I guess it's like, it's just like people, Barack Obama got elected president. It's like, some people have this problem, and this is more for white people, what I'm saying here is, they're like, oh, well, he forgave, and so, yeah, even though police, even though police make mistakes, people can forgive, and everything's all good. We can't have that mindset, because, like, you can't, as a white person, you can't you write off that, because you're, the likelihood of you being wrongly stopped, convicted, arrested, shot by a police is so much lower, you can take that to and be like, yeah, it's all good. You cannot, we, I, I'm, not, I'm not letting that skate like that. I'm just more saying that, you know, this was a landmark reaction and everything that happened, but it has nothing to do with the problems we have to face going forward. There still needs to be more of an effort on both sides from understanding what needs to be done as far as policing in our community. So this is not to me anything other than a great show of, of, like I said, the heart of Christ by Brant John, but it doesn't, to me, open the floodgates for, like, convictions of officers. I don't believe that's going to start happening. Not one bit. I, I agree with that. Not at all, man. Uh, so, before we get out of here, we did want to talk at length about that entire verdict, but we, um, you know, in addition to speaking about the impeachment at the top of the show, we did want to end the show with another topic before we got out of here. And, Frank, you know, I was uh, very ignorant about this gentleman. It wasn't until a couple of years ago that I even knew Byron Allen was, you know, this this huge media media mogul in, in in television. It was about two years ago I came across an article. I was like, yo, Byron Allen doing it like that? Like I hadn't heard that name in years. But Byron Allen owns uh, entertainment studios, uh, which have uh, TV channels such as like Pet TV, Justice TV, uh, Cars TV, and most notably uh, the Weather Channel, which he bought for $300 million. And he is now suing Comcast and Charter Communications. And he, he's accusing them of not carrying his, uh, you know, TV programming because he's black. And so he's suing them for 20 million. I mean, 20, excuse me, 20 billion with a B. And it's it's all it's bled all the way into our current uh, political race on the Democratic side for the 2020 presidential election, as like Kamala Harris, Cory Booker have both spoke on it. But what's going on is Byron Allen has levied this charge against them and the Supreme Court is going to hear this case on November 13. And basically he's saying, hey, you know, because I'm a black, you know, a black mogul. They want take on my channels 
and distribute them to the uh because it's only like a handful of cable distributors in this country. You got Verizon, AT&T, Comcast, Charter, and maybe like a, a couple more. And so while most of them are carrying his uh TV channels, Charter and uh Comcast have said that they're not. Now, they claim that they don't have the capacity to carry his TV channels. They don't have the room for his channels. However, Byron has alleged and pointed out during the same time frame where you said you haven't had the capacity to carry my channels, you've picked up these brand new white owned channels. So he has a case and, you know, Comcast shoots back and say, you know, our record of diversity is strong. And Byron Allen is shot back and said, you've done nothing more than hire Al Sharpton's National Action Network to pretty much be the shield for you guys. But you you don't have any type of diversity. And the black channels that you do have are not channels solely owned by black people. It's like a black person that's a part of a group that owns that channel. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this goes. What has really made this politically charged, though, is that, you know, Trump's and I have to say Trump's because he put all his people in position at the Department of Justice. They have come out and really raised the bar and the, the, the standard of proof that uh, Byron Allen is going to have to prove. They're saying that he's going to have to prove that this was solely based on race. And Frank, you and I know, you know, racism is not that. It's not always that overt. It's not always that black and white, that simple. It's usually more more covert and more disguised. So it's going to be hard to just say, yeah, they only held him out because he's black. And before I turn it over to you, one of the quotes that have come out, they have a uh, a, top, a top executive has been reported on at Comcast saying that I quote, we're not going to take them all because we don't want to create another Bob Johnson. And Bob Johnson is the former CEO of BET. He wound up selling BET, bought the uh, Charlotte Bobcats and sold them to Michael Jordan. So they don't want to create another black, powerful billionaire, I guess, in their eyes. So just something I wanted to touch on, man, because, like I said, I was just fascinated at the fact that I didn't know Byron Allen was making these type of moves. And then it's a case that I hadn't heard a lot about among all the Trump mania and stuff that's going on in the media. Hadn't heard a lot about this case, so I wanted to touch on it and just get your thoughts on what's going on. Do you think Byron Allen has a uh, a great argument here, and how would this mostly conservative Supreme Court rule on his $20 billion case? Man, you know, one thing I'm going I'm to I'm give you a, hard, a little bit of a hard time is, his name is Byron, so you should definitely know about him, right? By his, his name is Byron. I should, Allen. right? It's very similar. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of similar. Byron Allen, Byron Evans. I mean, it's a very similar uh, nomenclature there. Um, I mean, I would say this. You know, to me, it's it kind it kind of feels like the Colin Kaepernick thing in reverse. Like, can you prove they absolutely colluded against him, right? Can you prove? It's like, of course, Comcast can make whatever excuse they want about what they did or didn't do, but at the end of the day, like you said. There is a, there is there is this thing to try to stop black people with strong understanding and opinions from from getting there. I mean, if, if, let's even flash back to the to the um, Rich Paul rule that got rescinded. Like, think about how yeah. that came out of nowhere. Now that was a little different. I know it's not, I know Rich Paul is nowhere near as obviously rich as Byron Allen, but what I'm saying is, 
they looked at a guy who was coming up into power and they said, man, we need to limit it. Now, and they came with a backhanded way of doing it and then later got rolled back. What I'm saying is they know who Byron Allen is. They know that he they should be carrying his channels and his programming and they don't want to do it because in their heart and their and like I said, they care about, you know, keeping their position. They don't want to let him, you know, usher in, you know, other minority programs, other things that he's pushing. So to me, it's quite obvious what they're doing. I think the problem is it's not based on if it's only race. They're saying if it's, if race is the only factor. So it's like, I don't know if there's other factors they can throw in like, well, you know, because basically it's already saying, yeah, they're probably racist. They can be racist, but it can't be the only thing they're discriminating against. So it has to be something like, well, maybe he's charging too much per, you know, program. Or maybe there's something about the programs that don't line up with some kind of parameter. There's some, there's some kind of technicality. They're basically giving them to viewership. Me. Right. And to me, to me, that's the biggest problem with, with, with a minority fighting against a, a racist system is to try to prove some of the other racism. It doesn't matter because you're in the position of power. So it's like, yeah, the white, white executive network executives saying you got to prove that it only was racism when that is the, that's really the only thing that matters. Right. So if, if that is the case and I'm the minority, that's a huge burden. That that's the biggest burden there is because to me, it's like every, every, to me, everything is parsed differently based on your race. If he was a white guy doing this, his channels would be all over the place. He'd probably have his own network, networks on all the streaming services. I mean, he'd be everywhere. But because they look at a black man who speaks his mind, I mean, you, like I said, just going back to Rich Paul. Rich Paul is, I mean, it's such a small potatoes thing, but the NCAA felt like they need to come and use a, um, basically a, a hammer against Rich That's Paul. That's a great example. Like, too. wow, yeah. they came out as an institution and said, we got this accreditation. It's like, who is Rich Paul? Realistically, Rich Paul is just LeBron. I mean, honestly, he, I mean, he's a great businessman. I'm not trying to understand, but he is for first and foremost LeBron James agent of Clutch Sports. How much power does he wield? They don't like the perception of the power that he has, so they were willing to do that. Byron Allen actually has the money and the power. And they don't. They don't want any part of that. So if they're willing to do that to somebody who has the perception of gaining power, and Rich Paul, what do you think they would do to try to limit Byron Allen, who has the money and the power, and a white wife? Why, why might, might I add just just to throw that in there too? I wasn't going to so bring it up. I'm just saying it is what it is. She's not. She's not terrible looking either. She might look better than their wife. So I'm just saying it is what it is. Let's just call it what it is. Let's 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 not have this show and let's not be fake about anything. You know what I'm saying? Like it is what it is. You know they hating on Byron Allen. Oh good man, you mentioned that I should have known who he was. It's crazy too because growing up, he was like the only famous Byron Allen I knew until Byron. I mean he was the only famous Byron that I knew until Byron Evans of the Philadelphia Eagles came around. But it wasn't. Many famous Byrons growing up, man. So I should have known about more about him, but it just was surprising, man. You know, he obviously moves in silence, you know, to acquire all that to buy the Weather Channel too, man. Like I thought every uh, cable company carried the Weather Channel. I didn't even know that was a thing to like block that, man. So I think you know it's pretty cool when you look at the success he's had, but it's you know pretty upsetting. That, you know, in 2019, we still are dealing with these types of issues. And, you know, nobody, I don't think anybody has ever came out and said, yes, I'm a racist. Like even members of the Klan don't come out and say we're racist. They say, you know, no, we're for white pride and, you know, we just want America to stay pure and all this stuff. But nobody ever really comes out and say we're just racist. So for the Department of Justice to put that burden of proof and say, hey, 
you guys got to prove that this is only about race. Like that's, that's ridiculous. They can cite so many other things and it still come back to being race. And I think the biggest point in this entire case is that the excuse they gave him is that, Hey, you know, we're full. We got more than all the channels we can handle. So we can't take on your channels. And then during that same time frame, you pick up additional channels from white owners. I need them to explain that. I need them to explain that. So it's a case that I'm going to be watching, man, November 13th. For those of you who are interested like I am, the Supreme Court will hear it. Just keep in mind that the Supreme Court is mostly conservative. They have two appointed Trump justices. Uh, so we will see how it goes, man. But I hope you guys enjoyed what I like to call this special episode of Politically Entertaining. Like I said, the, the verdict in the Amber Geiger case really just moved us to like scramble and, and just get our opinions out there on it. And we also gave you a dose of impeachment talk along with Byron, Byron, almost said Byron Evans, along with Byron Allen. But, uh, Frank and I, we just thank you guys for listening. We want to ask you to continue to subscribe, tell other people to subscribe, share the show like you did that Roski interview, you know, share our episodes, rate us and just continue to check us out. Again, we love you guys. We thank you for listening. We thank you for the platform giving us. We don't take that for granted. We, we we're just here and we, we, we just pray that we can continue to bring you, um, you know, like, like Byron says, we going to show just the, the uncovered, aspects of stories even stories that are covered just bring you different perspectives and understanding of those stories and so we just want to um, just encourage you to continue to be educated be informed of what's going on in your city in your town don't be taken by surprise uh like i said we love you guys subscribe 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 we'll see you soon on another episode of politically entertaining thank you for listening to politically entertaining be sure to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes and visit politicallyentertaining.com for the latest in political news and updates. Mm-hmm.